So it's Trinity Sunday, preacher's nightmare, right? How do you talk about the mystery? So let's talk about uh, what we hear in the first, you know, first part of the scriptures, you know, the book of Exodus. Who do you think first broke the Ten Commandments? Any guesses? Who in the Bible do you think first broke the Ten Commandments? Yeah, Moses did, truly. He just smashed those tablets and broke the Ten Commandments, right? <laughs> That's what it is, you know. Very, very, you know, concretely he broke them, you know. Whether he broke the Ten Commandments, the letters of the laws, the story that we are going to talk about all through our lifetime, right? But Navea, Moses broke the Ten Commandments tablets, both the two that he brought down. Why did he break them? He was truly upset with the Israelites. You know, God had given these Ten Commandments for people to live in love, to people to live in peace and harmony and joy, and so that he would really be their God in all times and situations, and that they will be his people truly loving and true. And guess what happens? Within few days or weeks maybe, does the Bible tell us? I don't remember, but very soon, right? The Ten Commandments are given. Moses goes up, you know, to take the tablets, come down. Guess what these people are doing? They're dancing before their, you know, calf. You know, the golden calf that they have built as their God. They go back to their roots, right? They go back to what they were used to, right? They go back to their pagan worship, isn't it? And God has been bringing them back and back time and again. But people, like Moses says, stiff-necked, you know, can't move. Uh, uh. That's stiff-necked, right? So, so the Israelites were truly stiff-necked people, Jesus says, right? I mean, Moses says, so he just smashes the tablets over on the you know, golden calf. He's so upset with them. And that's when he breaks the Ten Commandments tablets. But then what happens next? He pleads God. God gives him the two new stone tablets. And that's, you know, that's what we hear in today's, God, today's first reading. We have got to read it under the background of, you know, Exodus 32 in order to understand 34, isn't it? Because under that background, God then appears to Moses and says, The Lord, the Lord, the Lord, right? Merciful and gracious, right? Slow to anger, rich in kindness and fidelity. That's the definition of God. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit coming, you know, the, the God coming over the clouds. Lord, 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 merciful and kind, you know, gracious, rich in mercy, rich in kindness, rich in generosity, rich in faithfulness. That's what you see right there. He's rich in faithfulness. He's not going to give up on this stiff-necked people. Right? He's not. He's going to give us and them he did and to us he does give a new 
opportunity, right? So that's why just thinking about what has happened in our world and thinking about reopening the churches and coming back to worship has to be done differently. We cannot remain as a stiff-necked people anymore. God has been merciful. God has been gracious. So as we open the doors of the church, let's open the doors of our hearts too. That's what it means truly. Opening our hearts for the Lord God who is merciful and kind, slow to anger. Who is slow to anger? Only God is, right? Slow to anger, rich in kindness and faithfulness, fidelity. This great song, you know, Lauren Rick, they sang a few, few weeks ago, I think. Gracious God, mercy is your name. Redeeming love, you give your life away. God has given his life for us, right? He has, and he does. And he weeps with us, he cries with us, he jumps with, in joy with us. You know, yesterday or Friday, we had these four little kids baptized here. Their mother came in the Catholic Church. She was Christian. She always told me, the first day I saw, met her, Anita told me, I'm a Catholic, you know, because I went to a Catholic school. John the Baptist, she did. And so she was all ready and fired up to become a full-fledged Catholic. And she did, because of her faith and faithfulness. And now with her husband, Dustin, they're both raising this, these four amazing kids. You know, they were all four baptized on Friday. And after their baptism, you know, the, the early, older two kids with their mother, you know, Lily and Summer, Lily goes to school here. Lily and Summer did their first Holy Communion as well. Audrey, you were instrumental to bring your family into church, right? You told mom and dad, let's go to St. John the Apostle or let's go to church. And that's how we've got a gift of you as a family in faith, so devout and dedicated. So I was so excited with this family coming to church. I was like, praise you, Jesus, you know, and that has to be, you know. We have to praise God's name all the time. You know, talking about the most blessed Trinity, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, merciful and kind, you know, the, the Catechism of the Catholic Church says this is the central mystery, you know, which is the most blessed Trinity, the Catechism of the Catholic Church says, is the central mystery of our faith and of our life as Christians. Can you believe that? I thought the resurrection of Jesus was, you know, the, the central mystery. Then I thought the Eucharist is the source and summit of our life, right? I thought the Eucharist was, and then I thought, oh my goodness, Jesus gave his life for us. That's the central mystery, right? No, but if you believe in the teachings of the church and the traditions of the church, this is what the Catechism of the Church number 234 says, the mystery of the Most Holy Trinity is the central mystery of Christian faith and Christian life. It is the mystery of God himself. It is therefore the source of all other mysteries of faith. It is the source of all other mysteries of faith. 
the light that enlightens them. It is the most fundamental and essential teaching in the hierarchy of the truths of faith. Number 234, Catechism of the Catholic Church. So let me ask you, when you come to Mass in ordinary you know, situation, when we are not COVIDed, right? That's just my makeup name. But when, in ordinary times when it came to church, we just came in and we, what did we do first? As you came to church, what do you do? Use the holy water and then what do you do? Yeah, you dipped yourself in holy water and you did the sign of the cross. Actually, you did the sign of the Trinity, right? In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Yes, it's in the form of a cross, but it's the sign of Trinity. Then, you know, when I baptized these children, I want to keep my excitement low. When I baptized these children, you know, we did it with the sign of the Trinity. You know, pouring that holy water over them. What did I say? What did the priest say? What does the priest say? I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. All of you who are watching us from your homes, yes, Holy Trinity is the sign of our faith. It's the central teaching of our faith. And from that flows all the other teachings of the church. Right? That is why not the cross, but the Trinity is the central you know, mystery of our faith. What does that mean? Well, what it means is that's who God is. Right? That's who God is. And so, baptism and the sign of the cross, these are two fundamental elements in, of Christian de devotion. They tell us that Christianity isn't just about the cross. It's about the Trinity. Because the Trinity is the most, is the mystery of who God is in himself. Mystery of who God is in himself. And the rest of it, the Holy Mass, the cross, the atonement of our sins, the resurrection of Jesus and resurrection of our lives is what God does, right? Is what God does. So today we are reflecting on the mystery that is central to our faith, which means who is God, who God is. God is the Father, His Son, His Holy Spirit, His love. God so loved the world, 316, right? Just nail it. God so loved the world that He gave His only Son so that all who believe in Him will have eternal life. And so, friends, as we, in, in, the, words of, in the words of Moses, we've been stiff-necked stiff people. I've been in so many situations. In my life, I'm sure you're looking into your life seriously. There has been time when we've been stiff-necked people. There have been time we've, you know, we've been wicked, we've sinned, right? Here's the opportunity the Lord gives us to, to, you know, to enter into communion with Him, to enter into love with Him as Father, as Son, as Holy Spirit. 
And that is why Moses' prayer has to be my prayer today. If I find favor with you, God, do come along in our company. How beautiful is that? If I find favor with you, O Lord, do come in our company. Let us call God into our company. Today is the most important day where I won't tell you what to do, but I just want you to praise God because holy is his name. Gracious God, holy is his name. Mercy is his name. Love is his name. Generosity is his name. Faithfulness is his name. Patience is his name. That's the God we've got to give praise because Trinity celebration of the Most Holy Trinity is celebrating who God is. So if that's what we are celebrating, let us worship Him. Let us adore Him. Let us glorify Him. When we go on our knees, when we stand, when we sit, let our hearts be filled with praise and glory to the Most Holy Trinity. Three persons, one God, ever-loving. So let's invite that God into our lives. Let this God journey with us into our lives. Let God help us not to be stiff-necked people, but pardon our wickedness and receive us as his own. To do that, let us keep praising God this whole day and all the days of our lives. In the name of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit.